Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage, and I am j- ultra jacked for this one tonight. I've been waiting to get this guy on, Dean. We have, um, but Coach Manchie, what do we got for the Fox Valley throws before we get into this uh, this talk tonight? Yeah, we still got some sessions running all the way through um, February on Sundays, and uh, before you know it, we're one month from we're recording this today on a, on a Monday we're one month in track and field starts in the state of Wisconsin so I know we're talking to a head track coach here on our one of our guests one of his many um, titles that he holds well and I think Dean you know just to kind of go back the track clinic was 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 last weekend and recording it and what a great turnout it was a lot of fun it was great for me to be able to talk I think there's about a hundred hundred some coaches in the room Got to talk conjugate training with the throwers, and obviously, I think it was it was pretty special having uh, Joe Thomas there to, to to talk for a few minutes on the value of strength and conditioning, and also how track, strength and conditioning, football—they all kind of interweave. So I think that's a good time that we can introduce our guest, seeing as how he's the head football coach, head track coach, head strength coach. Um, you know, he's he's probably part janitor a little bit as he as he goes through. Uh, at McGuanago High School, and that's Coach Mike Ganavok. And Coach, we're we're ultra excited to have you on. I'm really excited to be here. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you guys tonight, and hopefully, offer some words of wisdom. Well, Coach, you know, I mean, the program is ultra successful, but maybe just tell our listeners just a little bit about your background. Um, you know, how you ended up at McGuanago and and doing the things you do. Sure, I, I grew up in in Waukesha County and um, spent my my first 10 years or so teaching here in Waukesha County. I was at Heartland Arrowhead as an assistant football and assistant track coach uh, for, for a decade. And in 2012, I got the opportunity to become the head head football coach at Fond du Lac High School. So uh, my family and, and I moved up to Fond du Lac for six years. And and uh, really, you know, I cut my teeth learning every, all the ins and outs and what it took to be a, to a head football coach. And in 2018, uh, we, we, when we moved to Fond du Lac, we knew it, we probably weren't going to be there forever. It wasn't our destination uh, job, but uh, when McQuanago opened up, we, we saw an opportunity to get back into Waukesha County. And uh, so I've been the, the head football coach here at, at McQuanago for the last five years. And uh, this will be my second year as the, the head fo- uh, track coach as well. So, so coach, I think, you know, one of the more unique things is going from assistant coach to head coach. I got a little echo there. You guys hear that? Yes. Now is it gone? Maybe gone. Anyways, yeah. um, going from assistant coach to head coach, and I saw it at Wisconsin, right? When when Barry left, kind of handed the reins over to Brett. You know, it's a it's a big transition. So maybe tell our coaches out there kind of what it was like for you and how you made that transition. Yeah, that's that's a great question. I knew early, early, early in my career that I eventually wanted to be a head coach. And I was really fortunate to be surrounded by some wonderful men like state legends. Uh, so I was with Tom Taraska. Um, I was an assistant coach for him under him for nine years. And uh, he really mentored me and, and gave me a ton of responsibilities. So he was getting near the end of his career. So he, he allowed me to really see uh, all the ins and outs of what it took to be a head coach. The only thing I really didn't take care of was the recruiting aspect. Everything went through Tom there, but uh, I was doing all the little things like scheduling buses and, and um, putting together, you know, our game itineraries and stuff like that. So he, he really helped me. And 
Uh, during that time, I also became pretty close to, to Coach Bill Young over at Catholic Memorial. Uh, as a matter of fact, he was just in my office here on Friday for four hours, and we we just talked ball and went through things. And he is he's he, I appreciate him so much, and and I love him so much. Uh, so between Coach Young and, and Coach Taraska, they they a lot of their influence uh, led me to to becoming a head coach, and and I was prepared. And then when I got the job at Fondy. Uh, I, my uh, assistant coach and offensive coordinator was Steve Jorgensen. And so it's like, I've just, I, I've just fallen into these situations where I've been surrounded by really, really good men and really, really good football coaches. Uh, so the transition for me, as I became a head coach, uh, I wouldn't say that anything caught me off guard. I, I, I knew what I wanted to do and uh, I was prepared for it, but it took me 10 years to get there. Right. I didn't jump in too quickly. Mike, them are unbelievable guys to, to learn from. It's incredible to have that opportunity. I think a lot of assistant coaches kind of jump into that head role and, and they don't have all those experience. And I guess that's one of the reasons why you, you're so successful at what you do to have those mentors in your back pocket. And I'm sure things come up and you're, you know, going to those individuals and asking for advice as you continue with your role at Mukwanagal. Any advice or resources that, you know, you do in your football program for continuing ed? Because we know there's a lot of clinics out there, you know, conferences, a lot of uh, programs take site visits to colleges, um, anything, both football and track and, you know, weight room wise that um, you could give our listeners that could help their programs get better. Yeah, I I am biased, but I think it's, it's also – pretty subjective that the, the WEAC is um, the, the best division three conference in, in America, the resources that we have now, I'm 30 minutes from Whitewater when I was fond, in Fondy, we were 20 minutes from Oshkosh. Um, and the, the willingness for those guys to sit down, take time out of their day and help out in any capacity. Uh, all you had to do was ask. Uh, so uh, when I was at Fondy, I was constantly up at UWO meeting with Coach Cerrone and Coach Vinay and Coach Stenbrot, and, and, and they have helped me out exponentially. And now I've developed a relationship with Coach Rindall and Coach Pesic here at Whitewater. Uh, and, and I just think that if, if you have those resources, and pretty much no matter where you're at in the state, there's probably a WEAC school that's not far away, reach out to them because every, there's so many great coaches in the league willing to help. Uh, so what we do uh, with, with our program, we're a site visit team. We're uh, like, you can get some good things from clinics and stuff, but in, in today's day and age, everything is online. So we'll buy the Glacier Pass and, and, and just go through certain things that we, we want to investigate and want to explore a little further. But for the most part, we'll take a site visit to a, to a college or university that runs a similar O or similar D or something that we're we're thinking about implementing. So um, we we get a couple professional days from the district every year. So we try to utilize those by 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 doing something that's going to be beneficial for our program, not just going to some random clinic hoping that we find some gold. Dean, I think that's we we love that too. That's we talk about that all the time. We feel like you get so much more in the one-on-one -on -one conversations, going to you know spending your day with you know a group or you know, even what you can pick up. Cause at a clinic, I mean, let's be realistic. When you guys go speak at a clinic, you're not given the, the, the real 
stuff. You're, you know, you're given the basic stuff that's, you know, obviously is going to help people, but you know, you can't really dive into like in an hour presentation. I know speaking at the track clinic, I only got like half the way through my presentation and you, know, you got 10 minutes left. And so I, I agree, coach. I think that's the best way to learn. We had that at Wisconsin with coaches all the time coming through. And I think the other thing it allows you to do, right, is you develop a relationship with a person that you can pick up the phone and ask them a question. Absolutely. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. And I feel comfortable, you know, just picking up the phone or, and, and calling Dean and, or texting Dean because, you know, I've gotten to know him and I'm, I'm sure the same thing is going to, I have uh, right. messaged you on Twitter and you've responded immediately. So, you know, our profession, it's so important that we develop these relationships and, 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 and that's how we grow and build it and learn. And I think for, for older coaches as well, you have to be receptive to helping younger coaches. That's the only way the profession gets better because we were all in that, in that phase at some point. Um, coach, so let's talk adversity a little bit. Uh, you know, what are some of the messages you give to your kids? And obviously, I mean, one that is right out in front is what happened, unfortunately, to you guys in the state championship, you know, to, to an incredible young man. Um, but I mean, I'm watching the game with my wife um, who knows Dean and she's like, I can't believe, you know, this team, it doesn't look like they're any playing any different, you know, and it's always next man up. And it just says, you know, it says so much for you and your leadership and your kids and the way they responded, because, you know, anybody can respond to getting a D in on a test or missing a squat. But when you're talking about the pinnacle of what you're working for and to have kids respond the way they do, that just says so much about your program. So are there things that you work on with your, your athletes to prepare them for that? Yeah, I, I think first off, they're going to follow your lead, you know, and uh, I've, I've learned this the hard way multiple times. I mean, last year we lost our starting quarterback in July before the season even started. He broke his leg uh, and he's on scholarship now at South Dakota State University. So he was like our dude and uh, he broke his leg. So we pretty much lost him for the season. And, uh, you know, we obviously did, we didn't want to lose him, but it, it was just, you know, that next man up mentality. And we're like, okay, what happened was awful but let's not flinch. And, uh, you know, gators don't sweat, but let's just, let's just keep pushing forward. And, and we're not gonna, we're not going to be phased by this. And, you know, we're, we're a year round training team and, and it's given someone else another opportunity to step up. Uh, so unfortunately that was not the first time when we were in the state finals on in November against Kimberly, where we had uh, this group of kids has had to face adversity and yeah, uh, Gatorade state player of the year goes down, but you know what the, it, it opened another opportunity for, for a young kid to, to come in and, and, um, you know, get some, some really important carries and, and, you know, he maximized those opportunities and just the way uh, our team and, and wins teammates just said, Hey, we got you. Um, they, they did everything they could. They, they fought tooth and nail. Um, but, you know, you know, at the, at the end of the day, uh, we ran out of time and Kimberly is, unbelievable i've uh, i've faced them many times and they're so well coached and and you know you tip your cap uh, and i've i i never minded losing to to kimberly when i was at fondy because first of all they're great men and they do it the right way and i like to think we do it the same way and uh, i remember talking to coach jones in the parking lot for 45 minutes after the last game i coached at fondy uh just you know, just, we were just talking, just, you know, as friends, as uh, respectful 
colleagues and and yeah we we wanted to win that game but you know we're going to learn from it we're going to uh, we're going to get back up and we're going to keep keep trying to 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 see if we can get back there because we within our program we talk about finite and infinite a lot and the the result of that state championship game was finite uh, but we're trying to play an infinite game here where we can continue just to to become better versions of ourselves and the work is never done i love that that's awesome Mike, so do I. That, that's great. I, I love that message that you just said right there. That could be get your edge advice right there. But yeah. tremendous respect of both when you were at Fondy and, you know, currently in, in your new role at Mukwanago here in the last five years. But, you know, tremendous class. Your, your team has always played incredibly hard. You know, those our kids are certainly well coached up. And, you know, what's always impressed me with you is, is your work ethic. And when I look at your role at Mukwanago, head football coach, you're the head track coach, you're the head strength and conditioning coach, you know, how do you balance all of this? Because I know you're constantly working. We're doing this podcast at night and you're, you're still at school right there. So, you know, for those people that, you know, are in that same situation you are, how do you balance having a family, keeping your wife happy and, you know, and doing that family time, but yeah, being able to work so hard that your teams are always so competitive. Yeah, it's be where your feet are, first of all, you know, so uh, when I'm at school, I'm going to I'm going to do whatever I can to to help our kids. Uh, and, you know, when I'm at home, I, I, I get rid of that phone and and, you know, I'm there to be a husband. And I'm be, there to be a father. So I, I think that's a big part of it. It's just being present uh, and and taking advantage of the opportunities that you have. Uh, that's huge. And. The, the other thing, you know, I don't have hobbies. I'm, I'm living my hobby every single day. Uh, there's two things that, you know, beside my family and my Lord, uh, there's two things that I do on this earth and that's football and strength training. And that's what I love. Um, I'm not a golfer. I'm not a fisherman. I don't have hobbies. I'm living it every day. So I'm very sounds, blessed. Sounds a lot like myself, uh, Mike. That's for sure. I'm a terrible golfer. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, it's one of those things that you get on the course and you're like, why in the, why in the hell am I doing this? I have three or four hours now that I got to do this. I paid money to do this. I've lost like $20 worth of balls and like everybody's, yeah, I know. I, I feel the same way. And I, I think that's awesome. Right. I mean, when you truly, and, and the cliche, you know, you never are going to work if you truly love your job, but it's true. It is true. Yeah. It energizes you. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think that's awesome. Um, so coach, I mean, back on that question, just a little bit as the, the, the stigma, right. That is follows a lot of high schools is I don't want to come to the weight room because it's a football program, right? You're the head football coach, but you're running the strength program, but you're also, for those of us that know, you have a lot of knowledge in the strength and conditioning area. How do you, how do you educate some of the other sports on that, that it's, Hey, we're, cause we had that conversation when, when we talked at the gym a couple of weeks ago, Hey, we're training athletes right now. How do you, how do you educate some of the other coaches on that? Cause that's a big battle, right? That you guys have to fight. Yeah. It was actually surprisingly, it was pretty easy when I, when I came here, they, they said, Hey, is, is the, the more kids you get into the weights class, you know, you can just continue to build it. So like my first year, I think we had two sections and now we're up to, Oh man, I think we're up to, 12 sections per semester because um, we built it the the coaches put a, a great deal of trust in me and 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 my selling point was 
you know, the whole GPP, I said, we are just going to make your kids, you know, bigger, faster, and stronger. Um, there's no such thing as a basketball specific program or a soccer specific program. We're going to teach them how to move better. We're going to give them more mobility. And then, you know what, in the two hours or whatever time allotted you have for practice, that's your sports specific training. Heard that's, it. That's, you go, you go, Amen. Amen. whatever you want there. I'm not going to steal your time away. Nope. I'm not going to pretend I know anything about soccer or basketball, but you know what? I'm going to make them move better, jump higher, run faster for your sport. Uh, if you ever choose to, you know, go outside of the school, you you can work for me anytime you want, coach. I'll take that. <laughs> Thank you. I love that. That's, but it's true. You know what I mean? This whole, and it's a selling, it's, it's more of a sales pitch anymore. It's like, yep. oh, we don't get sports specific program. No, you don't. Like you can't, you can't mimic. You know, any of the sports in the weight room, you can train the qualities that you need for the sport, but you can't mimic it. You know, right. I think that's awesome. And that I, I hope that we have, you know, a lot of coaches that heard that because it's it's 100 percent true. So let's talk. You know, you got some interesting stuff going on at the school right now. Um, you, you've had some really good players over the past couple of years. Um, you have some pretty big college recruiters that, that come into the school, you know, and they're coming right now, obviously. Any advice for coaches on how to handle those, how to have those conversations? I mean, the obvious answer is you just be yourself and you just tell the truth, right? But, you know, it's not very often that, you know, the head coach at, you know, Big Ten schools or head coaches of SEC schools are in your school every other day. So for for coaches that maybe are starting to deal with some of those things, how would you tell them how to deal with that? Yeah, you hit it right on the head. At the end of the day, no kid's perfect. Uh, right. So, you know, don't, you're obviously going to highlight the, the strengths of, of every kid that they're coming in to talk about and, and learn about. But I think it's really important to, to talk about the weaknesses of the kid. Uh, for instance, when, when coach Ryan Day was in last week from Ohio State, you know, I told him the good, bad and the ugly. And then when he had a chance to sit down and talk with the athlete that he was recruiting, he said, you know what, you, you ought to be really thankful that your coach was brutally honest with me because we can take care of it now you know if you're lazy in the classroom we can take care of it now he said so many coaches when they when they're talking about their players like nothing's wrong everything's perfect because they think if they admit any type of shortcoming with these young men that they're not going to get recruited uh, which is not the case so coach Dace, like your coach just was brutally honest with us. So now let's work on these deficiencies uh, that you have now. So it doesn't become a problem when you, you know, get to a, a major division one university as a college football player. So I, I just think it's really important. Don't be afraid to, to, to tell the truth. Uh, they're not going to think these coaches aren't going to think anything less of you and they're going to appreciate it because at the end of the day, I always say, you know, the, the, the program comes first and my reputation is on the line. So we got to make sure that we're, uh, we're exposing everything, the good, bad, well, and the ugly. Well, and, and two, you never know when that coach is going to be back in your high school to to talk to you about another kid, like three or four years on the line. And if if you haven't, you know, shared with them the things that they need to know and they have a bad experience, that could hurt the opportunity for other kids down the line to get recruited. Exactly. Yep. Right. Yep. Now, Mike, you have kids that say, hey, that's a goal of theirs to play at the next level. And then they let you know, and then you know, therefore you contact colleges or the colleges just kind of automatically coming into your building and you say, Hey, this is what, you know, I think of this person or that person. And, 
and kind of go like that. Because I notice, you know, even in our situation, you know, I think every kid wants to play Division One football, and we know that's you know that one point eight percent or whatever. And then if all those individuals that go on after high school and play any type of college football, you know, you're in the top six percent in the nation. And you just mentioned it. Our football division three in the state of Wisconsin with the WIEC is unbelievable football. I mean, a lot of our D3 schools in Wisconsin can beat some D2 schools in other states. So, you know, how do you deal with the kid that, you know, doesn't want to play D3 and only wants to get a scholarship? You know, what is that conversation like with your athletes? Yeah, it, it, it starts early on. So I'll start talking to these kids basically their sophomore year and say and ask them if, if if they intend to 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 play college football if that's something they like and I tell the parents if your son wants to play college football we will find a home for them period so I said just get rid of the Roman numeral though I'm not promising any Roman numerals but we will find a home for them we'll find a spot for them so once I get all that once they they tell me that they're interested you know I revisited junior and senior year as well but uh, I start sending that information out because as, as you guys know, recruiting is, they're recruiting, they're already on to the, uh, the 25s now, you know, uh, so they're, they're well in advance with the early signing period and all that. Um, I also have hired, it's called Aaron, uh, it's athletic recruiting and navigation. Dan Fudrosi is his name. He used to be the, the uh, offensive coordinator at Northern Michigan. He also coached football at, at North Dakota state university. Uh, he played at uh, Grand Valley State over uh, in, in Michigan, and um, he he uh, started his own LLC several years back, where he helps out families uh, through the the recruiting. So he'll tell them, you know, what to how to build their highlight film, um, tell them what to expect on college visits, questions to ask. So I hired Dan to assist me with that, some of that work, and he does a phenomenal job as far as. He'll show parents, hey, here's the numbers. Uh, this is how the transfer portal has affected, you know, scholarship offers. He's got all that information. So, you know, I'm not always the bearer of bad news. And that's why he said, hire me for this reason. I will tell them, hey, your kid's not a Division One football player. He's maybe a scholarship kid at the Division Two level or possibly, you know, FCS. So I don't even have to, I don't even have to be the bearer of bad news to these kids. I have somebody that, that's been around the block. That's coached at high levels, Division One and Two, uh, who has seen talent, and and he's the one that helps me through that. What's his name again, Coach? Dan Fudrosi. It's I'm meeting with him tomorrow. <laughs> Are you? Yeah, athletic yeah. recruiting and navigation. Yep. So yeah. Dan works with us. He works with Arrowhead. He works with Brook Central. Yep. I think Oak Creek. He works with a number of schools in southeastern Wisconsin. Yep. Joe put me in. Joe Nelson put me in touch with him. That's awesome. Yep. yep. Um, Coach, as far as like in season training kind of go a little off like what are your thoughts as far as your guys um like like talk about the value of in-season training as as you know a, a team that plays 14 games out of the year you know what i mean well i'll tell you that uh friday morning before the state championship game before we got on the bus our guys were hitting doubles at 95 percent you know so we were going super heavy uh doubles at 95 percent we hit bench um, and then we hit some, we were hitting some jump deads, um, before we got on the, on the bus there and, um, the, doing, doing some other work as well. Um, our, we never want to maintain, maintain is a, a dirty word in our program. We're always trying to build. So, um, and we don't, we do not, it, it's, 
our kids are never sore because they never stop training. You know, they're used to it. Yeah. Uh, that's what we do is we lift and we lift year round. And yeah, we lift on game days. Um, and yeah, so we kept the exact same routine through 14 weeks and, you know, it worked out okay. You know? So coach, talk about, you know, now you're the strength and conditioning person at your high school, but you also coordinate the middle school weight training program. So advice for those programs that are trying to start their middle school program and maybe they don't have help. Maybe they do have some coaches in there to help, but what are some, you know, really key things that you really want to start out with the foundation that your athletes, once they come up to high school, know how to do. Yeah. So our kids will never go under a bar until they're, they get to high school here. We master the movement. So we hammer goblet squats. We hammer um, lunges. We hammer hip hinges and we do it with kettlebells and, and, and dumbbells. And then, um, you, you know, we'll do a ton of horizontal uh, pushing and pulling and the same thing, vertical pushing and pulling, we'll do core work. Uh, so we just try to hammer those movements. And, you know, I started doing that in Fondy and I've never had a problem. Once a kid gets to me as a freshman, putting them under a bar, their mobility is fantastic. Their, their ankles are good. Their knees are good. Their hips are good. They're getting uh, great depth on their squats. Uh, so we, we never worry about weight with these little kids. It's just, Hey, let's master the movements right. uh, and, and become, and, and so that when you get to the bar or get to high school, we get you under the bar. It's just seamless. And it's worked out really well. Now, are you looking at how many days a week? Coach? We, we roll two days a week with our middle schoolers. Middle school yeah. kids. Yeah. Right. yeah. So coach, get your edge advice. Give us something high school kids listening right now. What's something that can give them a competitive advantage? Consistency. Yes. It, it wins 10 times out of 10. Consistency. You know, we have 193 days till we kick off against Stevens Point this year. And I just preached it to my kids after the, their workout this morning in the weight room. I said, it's, it's what you do between now and those 193 days. Are you going to go both feet in the water? Or are you just going to dangle that, that one foot over the edge? Uh, because if you're not consistent, you're not going to optimize your talent. So if, if just, just take a, take a leap of faith, bet on yourself. You know, we talk about this all the time. It, the most important leader in your life ought to be yourself, you know, lead yourself, take a leap of faith, bet on yourself, go all in and consistency. I've seen it win over and over and over again with the kids that, that truly bet on themselves and buy in. Well, this has been awesome. <laughs> okay, so let's let's have a little fun. Classic eight or the FVA? What's what's a better conference? I, you know, I've, I've coached in both. Um, wow. you this is my classic eight right now. <laughs> but he said FVA when he was at Fond du Lac. FVA is the Big Ten, and the classic eight is the SEC. All right, I think you're going to get much more physical football collectively in, in the, the, the FBA, just cause the style, I, it's like everybody in the F well, not everybody, but a lot of teams in the FBA are playing like us and playing like Kimberly and playing like Fondy. Yeah. You know, we're, you know, we're going to line up in 21 personnel. We're going to hammer gap scheme at you um, down here. We're, we're kind of dinosaurs a little bit. I mean, you got Mosquito that's running wing T and then us that's, that's, line up in 21 purse 
and then everybody else is is more spread out. So um, I think there might be uh, bigger kids uh, up in the valley, although we got some pretty big kids down here. Really good skill down in our league. Right. Really good skill. Yeah. And I think you can't go wrong in either conference. I mean, the competitiveness. Um, you know, I've been to games. You know, at my, you know, I've, my son was fortunate enough to to make the state semis where we played Muskego in Oconomowoc, and the atmosphere is completely different. You know, mm-hmm. the fan base. Uh, we were fortunate enough to go to play at Arrowhead. We played at Arrowhead. Um, you know, and I've I've been to games at Kimberly High School, and it's just, you know, for people across the state of Wisconsin, um, if you have a Friday night free and you can choose to go to a game in the Valley or, you know, in the classic eight, you know, it's, it's worth the, the three or $5 admission in the popcorn to go watch some of these and one incredible coaches lead their teams because there's a lot of really great high school coaches in both leagues and just the competitiveness of, of the games. Um, it's really special to watch. So, I mean, kudos to both you guys for leading, you know, two of the top programs and two of the top conferences uh, in the state of Wisconsin. Dog, you got anything else for Coach? You know, one other question I want to throw at Coach Mike in is when you go from being a head coach from one city and you move to a different city, what advice would you give those coaches that begin in a different community to help them make that adjustment? Because obviously you got a whole new staff, you got a whole new administration, all that kind of stuff. What advice would you give those folks? And what are five things that you're going to do right away? Yeah, well, the, the first thing I did when I was is at, when I came to Muck here is I, I said to our ID, hey, let's get that. Let's I want to meet the team. I want to meet the kids. That was the most important thing uh, was meeting the kids. And uh, then I, I started meeting with coaches right away. And, and that was a hectic spring. I was still coaching track at, at Fondy. And then I was. Uh, any nights we weren't having meetings, I was driving down to McGuanago to meet with the coaches to get to know them and start installing. Um, so an advice I, I, it is make sure that you're, you're confident in yourself and make sure you, you're just a sponge, wherever you're at, be a sponge. Now, I, I never really coached offense in my entire life. And now the, I'm the offensive coordinator <laughs> because uh, when I was at, at Fondy, I was the DC and head coach. And I just so happened to just, soak up everything that we were doing on offense. And I was in Georgie's hip pocket, learning everything that, that we did so that, cause I knew on my next opportunity, next opportunity, like when I went to McGuanagall, we didn't have a guy on staff that knew offense or that had coordinated offense. So because I was a sponge at, at Fondy, I felt confident in myself to be able to implement an offense and coach uh, what we were doing up in Fondy. Um, so I, I would encourage young guys, Hey, make sure you learn as much as you possibly can uh, about the game, uh, because you never know what side of the ball you're going to end up on, because it's not like we, like I had the ability to bring coaches with me, you know, we're kind of at the mercy of, of what teaching jobs are open. Right. Uh, and, and, and that's just the way it is. So, uh, yeah, you, you better know football <laughs> right. and hope that right. you can fill a staff with, with the remaining guys that were, that are around. Well, coach has been absolutely awesome. I mean, we, we actually talked a couple, couple podcasts ago about multi-sport coaches, you know, coach the value uh, of the multi, because we, everybody talks about the value of multi-sport athletes 
but I think we're seeing a lot of coaches start to go away from coaching multiple sports. And it just says so much for your commitment uh, to the school, to your kids, to your families, that you give so much of your time because there's really no off season. Um, you know, being a strength coach is really no off season to begin with, but then the football coach, as well as spring sport, as well as probably running all the summer stuff, um, you know, just that, uh, awesome. Awesome. The kids and families of McGuanago are very blessed to have you. Uh, we're ultra blessed to have you on the podcast coach. Um, just a great leader, man. I'm really looking forward to developing a relationship with you and, in, in you know, our, our area that we're, that we're in over in the Milwaukee area. So, um, just like our gyms are for anybody, coach, the, the gym is open for you to come by anytime, talk shop, love to come, come see you guys train as well and, and see how you guys get after it. Um, so yeah, that pretty much ends it for this one tonight. Um, Thank, yeah. Thanks so much. You guys yeah. are, you guys are awesome. No, I spent my ladder. I spent my entire summer on a ladder painting my house and I listened to every single get your edge podcast. So you guys are doing it. Awesome. Well, I appreciate, appreciate it. it. I appreciate it. Just a reminder. Uh, our open house February 15th in Oconomowoc at the Dock Hound Stadium. For those of you listening that want to stop by, uh, we'll have some former NFL athletes, have a couple of national championship volleyball girls there, um, have some food, have some other stuff there. So it'll be a great event. That ends it for this episode of the Get Your Edge podcast, and we will see you next time. Chop it!